This is the Lead Well Podcast. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're talking all things leadership, talent, and culture. I'm your host, Missy Darden, and our special guest today is operator Tony Fernandez from Roxborough Road FSR in Durham, North Carolina. Tony, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Doing great. It's an honor to be here. Fantastic. Um, Well, today we're going to be talking with Tony about his culture in his restaurant. But of course, before we get started, Tony, we'd love to hear from you about your background and how you got into Chick-fil-A. Sure. Uh, I started as a teenager, uh, 16 years old, uh, doing a high school job and uh, kept it through college. And uh, after failing at a bunch of things through college, I realized I was going to become a teacher and a coach. And I thought, I, th- I was thinking baseball and math, but then even that got refined and I uh, realized I was going to teach and coach uh, in the Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick-fil-A environment. Uh, so my first store was in Atlanta um, back in 98, and then uh, we opened up Roxborough Road in 99 uh, in Durham, North Carolina. That's awesome. Um, so like I said, today we're going to talk about culture. Um, and I know you were mentioned at Next as an operator who's been through a journey with culture. So we'd love to just start there. So what has been your journey with culture? Um, and where are you now as it relates to your culture mindset? Well, yeah. So um, I don't think, man, the first 10 years, if you'd have said anything culture related, I'd probably either tune you out or uh, really just not understand what's being talked about um and uh but that started changing around 2011 i think uh is when uh actually a a leader on my team challenged me with how we were how we were going about uh achieving desired results and uh so matt said tony i want to do it through culture and uh i said i don't really care how you do it let's just do it and uh, so um, and so we started moving forward and, and in hindsight, we both, uh, agreed, neither of us knew what we were doing. Uh, but we started, uh, um, just messing around and trying new things and, and really focusing on our people. And, and, and we truly didn't at the time know what we were doing. Uh, but we were committed to, uh, our store being a place that people wanted to be and where they would thrive and where they would uh, advance uh, or move forward and, and grow uh, and, and develop uh, opportunities in and beyond Chick-fil-A. So um, so we started working at it. And uh, after, I don't know how long it took, but it, after probably four or five years, we started realizing that our, co- our culture was stronger, but we couldn't really articulate or quantify what we meant by that. So then we spent quite a while just trying to figure out how do we measure, how do we define it? Um, and ultimately, we want to be able to replicate it and strengthen it. So uh, that's the that's the I guess the big overview. And so to to this day, I actually was just in a meeting with a couple of operators. We we're talking about culture and just talking about how to fine tune it and uh, what part of our culture is is hindering the business and one part of the culture is uh, empowering the business. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you mentioned you made some investments in culture. So curious, what are some of those things that you invested in? Um, what has worked and what hasn't worked? Well, so 
I think the first thing uh, Matt and I talked about this recently, uh, I asked him, what, what did we do or what did I do early on that, that gave him the opportunity to, to make the, the strides that he made? And uh, he said the first thing I did was let him build the team around him. So I actually let him own selection. Matt is Matt Rice. He's an operator now. So he's, uh, he's doing this off on his own, uh, in his own business now, but, but uh, um, we now have a culture coach, um, and you know, other people might call it their HR director. It could be their, uh, staffing, you know, whoever they consider their primary staffing person or team member experience. Those would be all different terms. Uh, we call them culture coach. Uh, their role is to, uh, attract, uh, develop and retain our talent um so they 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 have their hands on every part of that so understanding that uh we've got to attract number one attract a a a good pool of candidates uh that are already showing signs of embodying our values so when in our interview we're looking for aspects of each of these values in the interview process uh then we select them uh, so we got to choose the right people uh, then we got to develop them. So the onboarding process needs to be consistent with the values and remind people of the values. Uh, and then, and then after that, who've come on board and have been trained is, you know, how are we engaging them, uh, developing them, strengthening the values, um, once they're kind of full, full time on the schedule, uh, regular team member. So we invested in uh, more people and better, you know, better suited people. Uh, so he was, he took over selection and, and kind of filling the team around him. Uh, so then we had to be, of course, willing to pay, uh, you know, pay for, pay for that, pay for adding people. Uh, but then, then I think time, uh, I think we committed a lot of time to figuring it out. So, uh, probably more, more on the time side than, than, than even the dollars side of things is just, uh, set aside time weekly to to purposely talk about what what are we doing what's this culture thing um we a couple of years in we we had actually finally got defined uh, values specific values for our team uh, a vision for our team and uh, that was through the help of james allison who was our consultant at the time and it just really helped us articulate and, and zero in on what is it that that chick-fil-a roxburgh road's going to be about and so now we would say that's that's how we define our culture and somebody says how do you define your culture was defined and measured by our values um and so uh i guess we we spent about a good four or five years building a culture without even knowing how to talk about it but but we finally got there thanks for sharing that um so you mentioned uh measurement is based on your values so i want to dive a little bit deeper into that so what are your values and your vision and then how do you measure against those all right, yeah, the values are wow the guest, relentless pursuit of excellence, play together, say it, do it, serve each other. Uh, and so we would actually work through those and, and we actually do evaluations based on those. And how are you doing that? How are you really engaging them both as a new team member and then throughout their time um, yeah. while working at your restaurant? Sure. So with onboarding process, you know, as just about everybody, you got orientation, you got training and uh, and then you get onto the schedule. And so during our orientation, we have a, uh, a person who's particularly well gifted to both, uh, articulate and, and demonstrate our culture, but also navigate, you know, just some of the 
more uh, routine details of orientation from the paperwork and the and the policy stuff. They're, they're detail oriented, but they're um, they're caring uh, for the for the the person. We want we want the team member to experience uh, that they're cared for and competent. In uh, the tra- so the training and the orientation work at, at the store. They need to be properly trained, but they need to be cared for while they're trained. When they get to, done with orientation, they need to have a healthy awareness of the whatever rules they need to know, policies, practices in the store. They need to know those, but they also need to feel cared for, which you know, that, that can be tricky when you're going through policies. How do you make policies? How do you make somebody feel cared for while you're talking about policies? Mm-hmm. So but that's, our, that's our goal is to, at, at the end of that process, have let them hope that they not hope, uh, ensure that they uh, both are competent and cared for. So that's orientation. Uh, same thing with training. So we have uh, a team of trainers. And, and again, the goal is that during the shift, they're, they're, they're demonstrating competency. So they have to pass, they have to be checked off. And depending on what role they're going into, they have to be checked off in various competencies. But we also want to ensure that they're still cared for. Uh, and that they know who to talk to. They know if they have questions or concerns, uh, who's you know, who's available to them, where they can go so that they're not left uh, uncertain. Uh, towards the end of training, uh, they all come out to my house. So we have every every team member, uh, before they're put on the schedule, uh, will come to my house for dinner. And that's kind of modeled after my experience as being an operator during training or now even when we go down for events at the office. Uh, now it's often at Dan's house, but during training, it was at, at a few other people's house as well of just, uh, connecting outside the work environment and just having them over to the house, uh, for dinner. And that's, we've been doing that for probably six or eight years now. That sounds so lovely. I know, um, as a new staff member going out to Dan's house, it just, it was so surreal. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely, uh, I, I can be, I can be kind of firm, uh, and, and, uh, direct in the business and and it's just nice to get outside of outside of the work environment get in you know that come to the house a, a lot of times they express that they're a little they think it's a little weird beforehand and then but then afterwards they're like that was really cool it's it, you know it is it is unique to being invited to the boss's house um and uh the consistent feedback is is that they feel appreciated um and they you know get that personal connection that can be hard to sometimes to be achieved in the business. Mm-hmm. Especially at the volumes um, you all are facing. It's hard to yes. slow down sometimes. Yes. Um, so we talked a little bit about your leaders and their roles um, throughout your talent strategy in particular as it relates to your culture. Curious from your perspective, what what do you see as your role as it relates to the culture of your business? Uh, my role is to strengthen and refine it. Uh, and just keep, I, I think would be the simplest way to say it. First objective is make sure that it's not getting forgotten or diluted. So, but then secondly is how do we consistently sharpen and strengthen our culture? And so we actually, I, I challenge our values and our vision often. Um, you know, they're, they're not the gospel. They, they are, uh, imperfect and they are, they are changeable and, uh, so I'm constantly looking and trying to learn for, uh, look for a better, uh, more purposeful, more compelling reason and, and way of selling chicken. Uh, and so that's my primary role, I think. And then 
uh, and then demonstrate, right? So embodying it, uh, it's one thing to talk about it, but they got to see it. I'm not an all-star at all five of our values, and we don't expect any one person to be an expert at all five, but we have to be visibly uh, striving and growing in each of those five. So we want we want the team to see, see starts with me, see me uh, embodying them and growing in them, but then as well as our leaders. You mentioned in 2011 uh, was when you really kind of shifted and started focusing on culture. So we'd love to dive a little bit deeper into some of those impacts on your business. Yeah, so I, and I don't remember when exactly this is, but the realization that I, I can view my team as a college sports team. Uh, I think before that, I thought, well, everybody's here at Chick-fil-A. We want to keep them here as long as we can. And uh, it me. It hit me that that's not the average person's desire when they come to work at Chick-fil-A. They're the average person, and I would actually argue all of us, come work at Chick-fil-A towards something. Uh, and uh, sometimes that something is beyond Chick-fil-A. Sometimes that something is within Chick-fil-A. But everybody comes to Chick-fil-A um, on their way somewhere. And uh, just like in college, you know, you're not going to stay there. You're not going to play college sport for 10 years. You're going to get to play for four or five years max. And then you're using that to go somewhere. Uh, and so we just embrace that and, and, and realize that, that people are coming to us for a reason. The common, the common reason or our summary is nourishing dreams is, is people have dreams. They have aspirations that they're going for. And, uh, to, and they've currently decided that Chick-fil-A is part of their process of getting there. Uh, and so we want to embrace that and we want to be the best that we can at fulfilling that for that person. Um, and we want to do it at a greater value than their paycheck. So we understand that pay is important. That's another thing we all share in common is we need to make it, we need, we do need to make money. Uh, and we care about that. But, uh, if at the end of the day, the paycheck was the most valuable thing that the person got, that means our culture was pretty weak. Uh, so we're just committed to selling chicken in a way that gives people the opportunity to truly launch themselves forward uh, to whatever their dreams are, whether it's uh, in Chick-fil-A, beyond Chick-fil-A. It could be family stuff, could be professional, whatever. Uh, just embracing that and committing to that being our win uh, versus just selling chicken and just holding on to people for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's fairly powerful. Um, I want to dive into that launching piece a little bit more. So what are some ways in which you actively help team members launch to their next, whether it's inside Chick-fil-A or outside of Chick-fil-A, what are some, if you have any systems, processes, or just ways in which you help them? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we do think our values uh, are not unique to selling chicken. So we, we suggest to people, Hey, if you, not only will you earn opportunities here at Chick-fil-A by embodying our values, but these are values that we've seen uh, make people stronger candidates in other jobs, uh, make them better husbands, better, better wives, better, better children in a family. They, they, they're not limited to, uh, selling chicken. So we do think the values are a good start. Uh, but we also have a toolbox that has, uh, tools or best practices, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, things like serve leadership. Uh, and so we, that's how we teach leadership. We don't say, Hey, lead better. We're going to define leadership for you and help you um, work on each component of, of serve leadership. Or uh, another tool that uh, some operators have probably heard of is ESRC, so expectation, skills, resources, consequences. And 
So we really coach through those things and, and all these tools, they don't just, again, they don't help us just sell chicken. They help you be a better student. They help you uh, be a better teacher, coach, uh, whatever it is that you're going after in life. Uh, we're we're going to coach those things purposefully throughout the journey. I, I do leadership classes. Uh, so if, if anybody that's going up uh, or desiring to go into leadership, uh, they spend time with me and a few of our leaders going through these toolboxes, learning these these tools or these uh, best practices that uh, we really are committed to. Um, using that as our language, it's how we play our game, uh, but it's also how we hope is going to help them uh, achieve their dreams. That's so awesome. Those leadership classes sound really incredible. And it sounds like that's uh, going back to your, your teaching um, skills and coaching. Yeah, uh, it's it's something that actually came about in the midst of COVID because I had more time in my hands and uh, we saw the opportunity to spend more time with team members um, in the dining room that wasn't open. Uh, and and we just started sitting down, going through the toolbox, talking. It's it's kind of a it's a it's a loose conversation. It's not a structured curriculum that we're going to get through X amount of information in X amount of time. It's we're going to cover these topics but we're going to take as long as we need to take. And, uh, so yeah, so we go through that. It's Q and a time. We should, we start, we, uh, share stories, um, of the, of the, these things in action. So it, it actually is a lot of fun. It's, it's definitely the teaching side and then coaching happens, you know, in one-on-ones and, and in the middle of the shift as we have opportunities. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And do you point your team members to any growth opportunities outside of the restaurant or even here at the support center? So like Ascend or anything in your community as well? Uh, what we try to do is, first of all, learn from them what they like. Where are they now? Like, what what do they think they want to do? And, and a lot of times, you know, a good number of team members already have their sights on towards something. And so if we have access to that in our community, we certainly try to make the connection. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to find out if we have access to it to find out, is there anything else that we could be coaching that person? Or is there any part of our toolbox that particularly applies to that profession? We'll definitely try that. Uh, if they don't know what they want to do, we do try to expose them to, uh, different experiences. And so, uh, we have different speakers come in, uh, from outside Chick-fil-A to talk with our team. Uh, usually it's to grow or to expand our perspective on leadership, but the reality is they're also getting to learn about you know, what people are doing beyond Chick-fil-A. We, we do uh, look for ways or excuses to send them either to uh, Atlanta, to corporate, or to grand openings, just again, to get them away from our restaurant, you know, sometimes people haven't traveled much. Sometimes they haven't gotten very far outside of Durham. And, uh, we definitely do encourage them, uh, to look for those opportunities just to, just to broaden their perspective and, uh, help them decide. We really want to just help them keep that open mind. And when they get something in their mind, we want to start moving towards it, but we also want to keep our eyes open to other and better opportunities that might present themselves while we're moving forward towards uh, what it is they think they want. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Tony. Um, now, I know I throw, have thrown a lot of questions at you, so I want to pause here and just ask you if there's anything I haven't asked uh, that you'd like to share about your culture. Well, I guess if I'm listening to this, 
uh, a question I would ask is, well, that's great. So you're pushing your people away from your store. How does that, how, how, how do you plan to staff a restaurant when you're trying to help people get a job somewhere else? Uh, and it goes back to the college sports perspective is the, the best college athletes want to play at the program that launches their players best. And so our belief is that it'll be the best recruiting and the best, it, it actually turns out to be good retention too, because people, people like to be where they're growing. Uh, and so people come to Chick-fil-A often thinking they're going to go somewhere and then they end up sticking around a little longer because they're growing. And, and as long as they're growing, they stick around. Um, and so number one, I, I do believe it's one of the best recruiting practices. Uh, but again, the, the unintended consequences, we didn't realize, we didn't know that this would happen is people just ended up sticking around. So we've kind of gotten the best of both worlds. I appreciate you throwing that question in, because um, especially with a labor shortage, um, that is a very valid thing that some operators are probably thinking. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it was really good for us to have that because I think knowing knowing my natural tendency, I, I can get I can react in in these different seasons, and because we had this and we believe in it and it's part of our values, I, I didn't really have a choice. I, I could either completely destroy our culture in the effort to staff my restaurant, or we could strengthen our culture to compete in this in this high you know, in this challenging time. And so we believe that the, the advantage that we have over our staff and competitors is our culture. So uh, rather than doing some, making some decisions that might compromise our culture to get people, to get more people in the store, we doubled down on the investing in the people. It's like those leadership classes. We doubled down on the development of people, which, you know, the more developed they are, the more opportunities they are going to get. Uh, but we doubled down on that rather than uh, tried to, rather than trying to just hold on to what we have or protect our territory, we decided to we can win the culture game and, and we're, we're already ahead and that we can get even further ahead during this season. I appreciate you sharing that time and time again and the research that we're doing even around this labor shortage and just um, the industry as a whole, it's very clear that wage might get people in the door, but culture keeps them. So Exactly. Yep. That's great. Um, well, I love to end the podcast with this question. So what advice would you give to an operator who maybe to reference John's talk at next is a culture skeptic like you once were um, or who is struggling with culture in their restaurant? What what advice would you give that operator? I think I've got to go back to a question James Allison asked me that helped us kind of formulate what we do. And he said, Tony, at the end of the year, what would make you do backflips? And I knew I, I like numbers. I like I like data, and uh, and I like winning. Uh, but I I I knew that there was no sales number, no profit number uh, that it was going to have a that big of an impact. And uh, and so he really challenged me to say what makes what would make me most want to do backflips. And what I've realized is if 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 I'm that excited about the opportunity to sell chicken and it's beyond the sales and the profit numbers uh i'm going to be able to help other people get excited about selling chicken 
uh, and and we're as humans, we we have a lot in common. And so if I'm excited about it, and odds are other people are going to be excited about it. And and that's where nourishing dreams came from. And so uh, that's that's ours. Uh, but my encouragement to operators would be what. At the end of the day, what would make you do backflips if it was true about your team and about your business at the end of the year? Work on our t- work on defining that, sharpening that, uh, and then sharing that. Um, and I, I think that's going to ultimately lead you to the best place you can be as a leader, uh, and where your team will eventually get. Uh, and, and you'll be able to work through. The reality is, is this the vision and the values have helped so much during the, during COVID and during this high costs and, and high challenges is because those actually have nothing to do with our vision and values. Uh, they, they, they've increased the importance of the vision and values, but we can be just as effective at achieving our vision and our values now as we were uh, five years ago. Let's hope and that all operators will be doing backflips at next 2024. Right. <laughs> we can That's all right. do it together in Orlando. Um, <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for sharing that advice, Tony. And thank you for your willingness to share about your culture and your journey and just being vulnerable with everyone on the podcast. Um, we really appreciate your time um, and all that you had to share. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And that will do it for today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and launch top talent, Leadwell is a resource with articles, videos, podcasts, and other Chick-fil-A operator and third-party expert curated content. If you have questions or want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast, let us know at leadwell at chickfil-a.com. I'm Missy Darden, and thank you for listening in to the Leadwell podcast. Leadwell shares leadership, talent, and culture resources, ideas, and tools from franchised operators and third-party experts to inspire franchised operators and their teams to find, develop, and launch top talent. As independent franchisees, Chick-fil-A operators solely determine the employment, leadership, and management practices in their businesses.